You're listening to the Thread Wellbeing Podcast, where we speak with new thought leaders about their sole purpose. We acknowledge the Woiwurrung and Boonwurrung people, the traditional custodians of the land this podcast is put together on. We pay our deepest respects to their elders past and present. Today's inspiring conversation is with Artemis Patici from Light Up Healing. Welcome everybody to today's episode of Thread. I am so honoured to be sitting here with both Teresa and Artemis Patici, who are beautiful women. And today we get to share in the essence of Artemis, who is abundantly about to bless us. We don't even know what yet. So (laughs) welcome. Thank you for joining us. And it's so nice to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me and a big well done for your podcast until now. It's beautiful to be able to um, kind of switch off from the day to day and just uh, hone into things that we don't get to hear and have those deeper conversations with ourselves as well. As a result, so I'm really excited to see what, what comes out of this session. <laughs> I call it session. <laughs> um, and yeah, out of our beautiful chat. Well, before, um, before we came on air, we were all sort of sharing a little bit about the magic that is around us and sort of things that we can tap into. Artemis, as you were saying, like when you're not feeling so good, what's one thing that you can um, switch into that brings you back to a space of gratitude and of wonderment? And I wondered if you wanted to share a memory or a feeling or a moment that you have that brings you back into that awareness of the magic. A thing that I heard that was said that there is a sunset, a sunrise and a sunset every single day. It's up to you if you see it and enjoy it. So I would, I kept that, you know, little nugget of information and I try to think of how do I bring this into my life? And I started looking more closely and carefully that there's these magical moments and moments of enjoyment and stillness and quietness that we have in our everyday life all the time. We just take it for granted or don't notice it anymore or are too preoccupied into our own heads, into our own minds to appreciate it. So um, I'm going to go straight into the deep end now. (laughs) Basically, um, I was diagnosed with a generalized anxiety disorder, which then brought with it a severe depression. And I was working on, um, you know, managing the anxiety and healing it um, for about two years time. And I was working on it daily. And and for those that don't know, um, when you have an anxiety disorder, um, it's, it basically it's like uh you don't have a safety switch you're on full anxiety mode all the time about even the smallest tiniest of things so your mind can't regulate anymore of what's really um worth stressing about that's a threat and what's not you know so i was doing all the work and then i had depression come on top of it And that really just, that knocked me out. I was so disappointed because I felt I'm doing all this work and instead of getting better, I'm getting worse. Like, what is going on? Um, And at that point, I really had to find and just hold on to moments of gratitude and to be able to disconnect from the the, uh, ill part of my brain that, that, you know, that's trying to recover and not hear those thoughts that it was trying to feed me and make that my reality. So I would, you know, there were mornings that I would wake up that I didn't feel like getting out of bed. What's the point, you know? Or as soon as I get out of bed, responsibility starts. So the anxiety starts. So I would hide away from it. Um, and in that moment, I had to find that that piece of string that connected me to being grateful again. So I started a practice, even in bed, of just saying, Uh, again and again and again for about 10 minutes I would put a timer on my phone I would say I am full of love I'm worthy of love I live in abundance I am full of love I am worthy of love I live in abundance 
And as, as ridiculous as I might've felt when I started saying it, the more I would repeat the words, the more I would start feeling it. I would feel my energy shifting. I would feel my thoughts shifting. Um, and that would put me in such an amazing mood enough to even get out of bed <laughs> and then look at the window and enjoy the sunrise or the sky or the skyline or whatever was in front of me and spend a bit of time and appreciate what I have around me. And to me, that was kind of, um, you know, when, when at nighttime you're at home and you have the lights switched on, you can't really see anything outside. But as soon as you switch off the lights in your home, your eyes adjust and you can see what's going on outside and you start appreciating that. So to me, it was kind of like I was doing that. I was switching off the lights enough so that I could uh, connect and interact and appreciate what was outside and letting that come in. Um, so yeah, you know, for other people, it might be a smaller thing of, you know, waking up and, and seeing the face of their child or, you know, the person that they love next to them. Or, you know, when you get into the bathroom and you're brushing your teeth and you're feeling like, yes, I'm cleaning up, I'm getting ready for the day. Whatever is that tiny thing that gives you, you know, little sparks of joy, we need to make a conscious effort to connect with that every single day because it's so easy to just get into the day-to-day -day hustle and bustle and, and routine that we forget to practice gratitude. And it's, it's so important from a psychological point of view, mental, neurological, whatever you want. There are so many studies now that show how important that practice of, of gratitude, which what is it? Basically, it's finding the things that you feel make you happy and you appreciate and you show that appreciation. That's what it is to me. Artemis, that's beautiful. It's, it goes along that universal law, you know, the universal law of the law of gratitude. And then what happens is that you have that law of plentitude. So it just multiplies. And I think when we can stay in that state of gratitude, regardless of where we're finding ourselves on our path, um, it's just so important to find small elements uh, and you mentioned about the sunrise and the sunset, and obviously we were offline before just explaining that. And that's where I find I get a lot of joy and it's just understanding that that sun does rise tomorrow. And it's knowing that you get up and you watch that and, and you feel that that universal light, that universal energy will sustain us and will bless each of us, regardless of how dark our days may sometimes feel or the clouds that may sometimes hide that sun. Um, you also mentioned about your affirmation. Uh, and what I love about that is that that I am is so powerful. And there's a wonderful song by Indy Aria, um, which is I am. When I found myself in a darker space many, many years ago, um, that was the song that pulled me out of it. Um, because it just, it's a beautiful way to start your day and realize, but it's also that I am is such a powerful statement because whatever we put after that determines how we feel. And I love that you started that by I am love. Mm -hmm. And then everything else you put after that just came in, but it changes. What happens is that I believe it changes the energy field and it changes the energy field that you emit also what you attract. Um, so I want to share on that, but before we go anywhere else, I want to go back because I remember loving your name. So I'm going to ask you for our viewers, please. Could you please explain your name and how you came about it? It is just stunning. Yes, and thank you, first of all, for your beautiful um, comments and feedback. Yeah, look, I consider myself um, lucky, um, but the conditions lined up perfect for me to have the name that I have. Um, I don't believe that's by accident. We all, I think, are given the names that we're supposed to, you know, work with or give us certain um, elements or... or um, help us to open up to certain um, aspects of our personality as well. So Artemis, she was one of the 12 gods of Olympus in ancient Greece. Uh, she was the goddess of uh, protector of nature, of wildlife. Uh, she was also the goddess of hunting, 
childbirth and she was the queen of the Amazons who were the most feared army um, in the whole of ancient Greece um, and any even Sparta that were specialized in warfare they were afraid of the Amazons they were that fierce warriors um, and she was always this very independent goddess she was described as being beautiful but she didn't really care about that she was all about being out and living her life and being with nature um, and she was doing her own thing and so growing up um, my parents would buy me these books that um, had you know beautifully illustrated uh, stories from ancient mythology featuring the goddess Artemis so I was reading these stories and I would see my name and there was this badass independent woman that was doing her thing and she was fierce and she was heading an army and all that stuff um and even you know some of the things i didn't consciously connect i didn't you know have the intellectual space at a younger age to be able to intellectualize what i was getting from it i identified with that name and those qualities and those were qualities that were innately in me as well because i remember asking my mom and dad how what was i like when i was an infant and they would tell me, oh, you're always very independent. You know, you would wake up and hold on to your crib, just smiling when you press to wake up to let you out to do your thing. And I thought, oh, okay, to a certain extent, I had that element already. And um, through understanding more and connecting with my name, um, it brought it out. It, it almost gave me permission to be that independent person, to be strong and dynamic and, and not, you know, shy away from it because um, I had that example with my name on it. Um, and funny enough, because uh, I'm a Cypriot background, right? And in Cypriot and Greek culture, we usually name kids um, with the grandparents' names or somebody in the family that you want to honor. So um, basically, I have two older sisters and a younger brother. But, you know, my first sister, she was named on my uh, mother's side. My second sister was named on my father's side. And I was the third kid. My dad really wanted a son and he was saving his father's name for the son. Um, so when I came, they, they were thinking, oh, okay, we covered our, our, both our bases with the families. Tick, we're good to go. Nobody's going to get offended. So what do we name this uh, kid? And um, my dad, he's actually a forestry scientist. So he's had that connection with nature and they wanted to name me something from ancient Greece to, uh, to honor um, that connection and tradition. So they named me after the goddess that's a protector of nature and forests uh, and wildlife. So, you know, it's I've always felt very fortunate to have this name and I have no doubt in, in my mind that it played a role in how I viewed myself, how I cultivated myself even the way people respond to me, because it's also a name that's both masculine and feminine. Interestingly enough, in Artemis, she was very balanced, the, the masculine and the feminine energy. That's why she was so independent and, and didn't have a mate. Um, but yeah, you know, I would, a lot of times I would get mail or phone calls addressed to, yes, is this Mr. Artemis? And I'm like, I'm Artemis. And like, uh, oh, um, sorry. I <laughs> um, but you know, sometimes I could get away from that pre-sexist uh, judgment uh, and I would be kind of you know starting off certain interactions with more level of, of equity and equality so that helped as well of seeing the kind of uh, response and respect that name was getting I can see that I mean that firstly what a name <laughs> what a description and what an ownership you really have you've really you embody that name like just as you're sharing that we can see that and this morning as i was reflecting i was like artemis yeah she's a powerhouse woman who owns her stuff like and i think that it's really interesting and if you would mind now sharing the work that you currently do because your name is so linked with both aspects of how i know you through 
Yes, thank you. Yeah, interestingly enough, that's funny, yeah, because she has both elements of healing and protecting, and they're both coming out. Well, um, my background was a very kind of, you know, very career-focused, corporate, very business and marketing, and at some point I felt that I, 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 you know, I wasn't connecting with what I was doing. I challenged myself, pushed myself to see how far I can get, and uh, I was in leadership positions since I was 24. So um, I got to really explore and understand myself in, in, those, in that space and where I can, you know, how I can contribute. So at some point I'm like, you know what, I, I, it's too much energy to be, to be able to bring positive change in certain organizations. So I stepped out and uh, that's where I started thinking, okay, what is it that makes me happy? What is it that I connect to? Um, and to me, what was coming up more and more was, um, you know, connection with the environment. Um, I would always have a strong environmental conscious and I would try to bring this in workspaces, you know, or we would implement programs for better sustainability, things like that, but to a smaller degree. So um, when there was, it was uh, February, which is a sustainability month and uh, City of Melbourne had a few activities going on. Um, so I went to a couple of them and from there I saw, well, we need to be having this conversation and, and doing more, taking more action around sustainability beyond February. It's not something that stops. Um, so I approached the community uh, organizer from City of Melbourne that um, was putting this together and I asked her, you know, is there a way to get involved or to kind of create some sort of um, connection with other residents to, to do more action? So um, like me, there were a few others that asked the same question in different events. Um, so a couple of months later, basically 11 of us came together and over coffee, we established, we founded the South Bank Sustainability Group. And what we're doing through that, it's basically we're trying to bring positive action and positive change in our neighborhood and on an individual level and on a community level of um, what we do and, and how that impacts the environment. And, you know, from smaller things of, um, you know, deciding not to buy something because it's wrapped in, in plastic or making sure that you recycle that plastic then into a red cycle. Um, to establishing a community garden. So, um, you know, we're in the most densely populated suburb in Australia, which means a lot of concrete and not a lot of green space. So getting access to, you know, um, locally grown food, it's very challenging. And having a space, um, you know, holding very valuable real estate to grow plants and, and you know, veggies, it was very challenging to do it in South Bank. So basically, we lobbied, we lobbied council, we showed them that, that there is a community growing behind it and the poten potential of it. Um, we've established a community garden. Through that, we've expanded to different educational activities. Um, and the more people were coming to us and seeing what they, they're looking for, the more you know we got to, um, basically, you know, give in a way that was practical and useful um, for our community. So, you know, from practical solutions of how to buy zero waste near South Bank, um, to how to upcycle things that you have around the house, to, you know, create your Christmas decorations or gifts and things like that. Um, and we ended up um, winning um, a Melbourne Award as well as a result of it, which was great to see that, oh, what we do actually does make a difference. I'm getting a lot of feedback from people telling us how, um, how something changed from the, for them or how they changed their habits after coming to one of our workshops. Funnily enough, the groups, uh, we started the group when I was kind of in the middle of the storm of my own, you know, of the mental illnesses that um, I was carrying. So uh, it was, um, even though it felt kind of anxious provoking going out and interacting with people and making sure that I keep things in, in and not kind of spew it everywhere. Um, that interaction with people that were like-minded and that interaction with nature, it just grounded me again. And uh, again, took me out of my mind uh, and into a wider view of what is it 
that I'm doing this for? How am I contributing? How is this connecting to my purpose? Do I feel, you know, in my element when I'm doing this? And the answer was yes. Um, during that time, I was asking all the time, you know, what's my purpose? I was getting frustrated <laughs> um, without taking into consideration divine timing and how, you know, I would have gotten the answer when I was ready for it. Um, and uh, funnily enough, uh, when I got the answer, it was that my purpose is around healing and teaching um, and how I've naturally gravitated towards the, these things um, because healing, uh, you know, it's more than healing ourselves, our bodies, or humans. It's also healing nature, healing our bond with nature, um, healing animals, healing anything that we put healing energy, it, it, it's, it's got an impact and it affects uh, in ways that we cannot even imagine the ripple effects that it creates. Um, so I was more prepared, you know, that, you know, busy, badass career woman, I was more prepared to accept my role and to, you know, in the sustainability group, but I was still struggling to accept my role as um, starting to, you know, conduct healing sessions. Uh, I was trained in a technique called metamorphic. So, uh, and my mentor knew before me that that was my path. So he, he pushed me to, well, he encouraged me to train on that technique. And I thought, uh, I don't see myself doing that. Like, what do I know? To be healing other people uh, so i'm like but i'll learn it anyway because i love learning about different things you never know so uh when my mentor he's in cyprus so when i uh, i came back to australia after that vacation that i went to cyprus and, and learned about this technique i was very hesitant to go down that path because it was my ego's um image of identity identity clashing with uh who i was trying to be so that helped me see like, ooh, where, what's resisting here? Why am I not, you know, um, willing to go down that path? Um, so it was good because it opened up a lot of deeper conversations with myself to understand, you know, where do some of, some of my motivators, where are they coming from? It was almost like lifting the rug and seeing all the dirt that accumulated underneath. And we're like, oh, okay, <laughs> I see now why my, you know, my foot hurts when I'm stepping over this part. Um, so it helped me to clear up some of that, that stuff and to realize uh, that I don't need to know everything. Um, the more we learn, the more we feel like we don't know anything and how there's so much more to learn, but that doesn't mean that we ignore the things that we've learned and that we don't share them. Um, that's how we, we grow and, and we progress um, collectively, Nor knowledge sharing. That's, that's actually what's what helped establish um, human societies, sharing knowledge and, and you know, evolving from it. Um, so yeah, I, I thought from that point of view that, okay, I'm sharing what I know and I'm helping up to the degree that I can right now and that is okay. So I started a practice at my home, the spare room that I have uh, to do healing sessions and to help with guided meditations. And obviously, you know, as usual, I started with friends just to get more comfortable with the process uh, and to see what needed to be tweaked. And then I started opening it up to other people. And a big part of that exercise was me saying it that oh i do this now so that i could i could wear it in a way you know and get comfortable with that with that um nomer i guess um and then yeah you start seeing the response for people you start I, I started realizing that also that healing has nothing process that has nothing to do with me i'm just practicing a technique that's not invasive i'm letting the other person's energy wake up and go where it needs to heal and i'm connecting with a source that's far bigger than me that already knows and has all the answers i just gotta relax get out of my own way trust the process and trust that i'm on the right path and just do what i'm supposed to do um it was that permission that i gave myself a long time ago was coming back and it was easier to then get used to this path and, and get, familiar, get more used to this new identity and that it doesn't even matter because that's just an aspect of me. Um, we're 
very complex, multi-talented human beings and trying to put ourselves into certain box or categories just to make sense of it, it limits us in a lot of times. So, yeah. That's powerful because I think we are in a society where we've tried to label ourselves in so many different versions of who we are. And I think what you've just shared is that it's truth. It does limit you then. It just allows people just to think that you're only on one stream or another. You have just raised so many concepts here and I, I want to talk to a few of them before I really want to get more into the metamorphic um, style that you do. Uh, it's, it's so important what you're sharing about connection and connecting to nature. And we've had some other beautiful guests on board from Wayapa Work, which are our Indigenous, um, Jamie Thomas and Sarah Jones, who, who are co-founders of this, of this amazing mindfulness and movement technique. And everything you have just shared um, are elements to the same thing. And that is that we often feel so disconnected and once we bring nature back into play, and this is what I'm getting and feeling from what you've just shared, is that when you start to connect with nature, your depression and your anxiety, those started to disappear. And as you brought all elements of your world into one, so you had the four pillars, you had your mind and your working mind, your corporate mind, you had your body, you had your spirit, the Artemis spirit that's working through you. And then you had your respect and reverence for nature and that desire to do more with that space to serve others. It feels like that was then just a beautiful flow into the work that you're now doing with the healing as well, though, which I'd love for you to explain more about that body work, that fourth pillar, that body work, and how that, is treating how you're treating um, others with that and also what you found from that yeah absolutely and, and thank you for putting it into beautiful pillars um, and you're right a lot of things you know as you're going through them you don't realize until you know um, you look back and in hindsight we get a lot of wisdom and understanding the why's so you know a lot of times I'll be like oh I'm drawn to this I don't know why but I'm gonna go with it uh, like, for example, there were days I'm like, oh, I just got to get out of nature. I don't know why, but I just need to be in nature right now. So I would follow that and I would feel the calmness. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm okay again. Um, and interestingly enough, there's uh, psychological studies. Um, I, I used to go to uh, therapy. I, I recommend any kind of form that helps people in any kind of way. And he was telling me how um, there's a very strong uh, correlation relation and causation about how um, the chemical composition and, and what we're baking our, our mind, the chemical hormones and all that, um, when we're around nature, it starts shifting and how it, it's shown to even, you know, 15 minutes in nature, it drops uh, stress levels, depression and everything. So because I have a very analytical mind, sometimes I want to see kind of like the, the the mechanics of how this works to help me make more sense of it. So yeah, there's a science that that shows it as well. You know, that um, that need for nature and what it does for us. Um, going into the metamorphic body of work. So um, yeah, basically metamorphic. Um, it's a technique that stems from reflexology. Uh, and it's all about um, finding the working with the meridians, uh, the connecting points that connect to our spine and our chakras, right? Our, our energy centers. Uh, and waking up that life force energy with a very light touch massage of, of uh, you know, waking up those meridians. Uh, that's uh, working with the feet, basically the side of the foot, and then finding where the main blockages are and, and just put working it where more of the person's own energy spends more time there basically it's non-invasive and and you're working with the person's own life uh, force energy that already carries all that wisdom uh, and knows exactly what the body needs it's just a matter of waking it up and getting it circulated circulating um and through that you know uh there's things that might come up um from that person, for that person that might be good for them to focus on working consciously as well to then help that, that work uh, and that healing to be uh, quicker and more effective. 
um, a lot of our uh, behavioral patterns and the way that we see the world, we form that in our very early um, stages of our lives, age zero to seven, and actually before that, while we're still uh, in, in utero. There's uh, more research now in epigenetics that show that work, that uh, which genes are activated. Um, I think about 70% of that is affected by uh, when we're in, in the womb and the kind of um, you know, food energy and whatever it is that we, we receive while we're there. So those nine months of gestation, they're very critical. Um, and then during that time from an energetic level, we're connected fully to our mom, to our ancestors, uh, to that energy. We come in as a pure vessel energetically. So um, those are our first imprints. So we very unconsciously carry those imprints and those energies um, surrounding our, you know, when, when while we're in utero and also uh, surrounding our, our birth and our early life. And those are things that are very hard to tap into because we don't have any memory of it. It's all in our subconscious mind. So it's very hard to go in and see that, oh, my mom had a traumatic event when she was eight months pregnant with me that gave her a big scare and I absorbed that so I should clear it out. You know, you can't go there because you don't know. <laughs> So um, you tap into your subconscious and energetically to find those energetic patterns and clear them out. Um, so what that does basically is, is that it strips out all the you know, layers and the stuff that we picked up and it uh, puts you into more connection with your more authentic and genuine self and more with, uh, in connection with your wants, your needs, your talents uh, and what really makes you happy. And it, it opens you up to be more receptive and, and, and more, you know, you want to go down that path. You don't see the obstacles anymore because you're taking them out. So it's, it's easier to see that clear path. Um, and that energy, because it's a person's own energy, that keeps on working even after, you know, you leave, you finish the session uh, and it's still at work for a few weeks afterwards. Um, and some things shift permanently and create the space for the next thing to come forward that needs to be healed. Uh, and, or, you know, it's, it's just you leave feeling calm and you feel more um, at ease to make some, you know, decisions that you might have been confused by, uh, even clears out things that are working on becoming a physical disease because they haven't been faced when they were still on a more energetic level. So there's all sorts of impacts um, and benefits to it. And look, like with any healing technique, this is just one technique. It's just one way to get at, at the top of the mountain. There's a lot of different techniques, a lot of different healing styles out there. It's a matter of what, you know, each person connects and feels that works for them. And sometimes it is about mixing and matching and seeing what, you know, you're receiving for, for each one. So, yeah, as long as you're open to it when you're ready and, and you're, you're doing the work and you're um, showing yourself the love and care that it deserves, um, then the benefits are incredible and the how presents itself. You have, again, raised so many points. I'm, I'm really grateful that you brought up the link between what manifests in our physical body and energies around that as well, um, which is a, a huge topic on its own. <laughs> I'm kind of curious. We're obviously in the space where we are working with these sort of things. We're aware of this. We're in tune with this. We can we can understand what energy might feel like in the body for someone who isn't yet aware what are some of the basic levels that energy can feel like and maybe even around this time as well can you talk to sort of a basic level of how energy might feel in the body mm. yeah so um when we're starting on this path we're usually already pretty um you know we, we, it's very busy the signals that we're getting and uh, you know, the things that are trying to grab our attention. So it's harder to tune into that more discrete voice of energy. Um, I like to visualize it in a way that 
it's like, you know, there's a bird there that's always singing and that's, that's guiding you or it's that energy that you can pick up and you can figure out the flow. Now visualize it as a little bird that's, that's singing. And I'm thinking, okay, well, let's say you're in the middle of Times Square and you have the blaring lights and the, the cars and the car honks and people screaming and shouting and all this all of these different things assaulting your, your senses and, and loudness. And through that loudness, you're trying to hear that bird and it's very difficult because you have all these other things that are very loud and distracting. Um, but then if you put yourself in, imagine that you're you know, in the forest and it's really quiet, you can hear the wind rustling through the leaves. Those are the quiet sounds that you hear. And then you hear the bird singing, you can hear that, bird song very clearly and very loudly. So basically when you start off, you're Times Square. <laughs> your body's Times Square, your environment is Times Square, so there's loudness, honey. <laughs> loudness, honey. <laughs> um, so you need a bird that has a really strong voice to hear it. <laughs> and sometimes that's what comes through, <laughs> you know, so um, until we get to that forest space and, you know, we eliminate all the distractions, we clear up our, our diet, our um, lifestyle, what comes into our space, you know, the news that we're hearing, people that we have around us, whatever it is, uh, when you're still in that loud space, um, you're going to hear the louder examples. So, you know, it's moments where you feel like, uh, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I shouldn't go down that road. I should go down this road. And there's something really strong telling you in your gut, like, oh, go down this way. Or, you know, there's something really strong telling you in your gut, I should call this person. I really wonder what they're doing right now. Uh, and something really kind of strong that feels like it's an urge um, that, that comes um, kind of strong. Um, so it's, it's listening to those voices, but also, um, trying to understand where it's coming from. Cause at that point, you still have a lot of your own limiting beliefs that are driving a lot of those thoughts and behaviors. So it's basically understanding what's your gut feeling and what's that energy that attracts you. Um, and then what's a fear-based belief. And a good way to test that is uh, realizing, oh, is this coming from a place of fear or is this coming from a more genuine place? So if I'm thinking, you know, if I'm feeling like I need to cut this person out of my life because I feel like, you know, they're hurting me or like, oh, I should avoid people when I'm walking down the street, you know, with COVID and, and things like that. And you're, you're so focused on being away, you know, instead of, oh, let's keep a safe distance. Um, that's, that's the difference, right? When you're very fear-based and, um, you feel like, oh my God, that's your ego talking to you. And that's not the energy that you need to follow. And there's a difference between protecting yourself, which shows love to yourself and, uh, acting and reacting out of fear. Uh, and it's, it's difficult to tease out the differences. The more you go along and the more you, you're more in tune to energies, the more you start seeing the differences. To start off, I would say start hearing the, the bigger signs and start trying to consciously tap into your intuition and ask it, what is my intuition telling me? Uh, and open up that possibility, open up the conversation in your mind, and then you're going to see what's you know, tugging you where. Um, and if you need examples of what it feels like, you know, being affected by the energy around you, a good example, it, it's good to bring examples in your mind of, say, you know, when you're in a, in a concert and everybody's super excited and you get swept away and you feel that excitement and it's just this beautiful shared experience, that's you tapping into that energy of that space. And that's what feels like, you know, having, you know, energies that are around us and how they affect us. And I think when we understand and realize that, that helps activate those energies within us and, and purposefully, um, you know, invoke and use certain energies that we want to bring more into our lives. Um, and look, the more you go down the path, this path, and the more you want to hear, uh, tap into your intuition, 
and then by extension, start being more sensitive to the energies around you so that, and your own energies, so that you know how things work and, and how to function the best. Um, the more you're feeling like, I want to clear out things that can hear this voice better and louder. And not only on the big things, but more on a day-to-day, -day, you know, to guide me. Uh, that's when you start clearing up other things that are, you know, the distractions in Times Square. You start switching off the lights, the uh, cars are not honking. Uh, and what that translates on a physical level is, you know, negative energy, different toxins, um, being exposed to fear and things that we don't need to, uh, our diet, our lifestyle, exercising, connecting to nature, different things that make you feel good and you you feel, you know when something's really good for you. Not when our mind makes excuses that, oh yeah, french fries are good for me, I was feeling like something fried and full of calories. No, that's your ego making excuses. <laughs> we know what's really good for us because we can feel it. So, you know, when, you know, we're eating cleaner um, uh, or produce that's more natural, when we're going for that walk in nature, when we're practicing gratitude, when we're practicing our own boundaries and respecting them, that's another very important thing. Um, for example, during these times, it's it's a lot of fear, 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 because it's a very uncertain situation that we've never faced. And it's just, it stopped everything that we've known until now, and we don't know what's going to happen next. So that that uncertainty and, and feel of no control and how easy like that it's for everything that we know to just be taken away and change. That causes a lot of fear and anxiety. So, you know, you want to think about how to balance, how do I balance this? So, for example, I only allow myself to watch news for 15 to 30 minutes a day. That's it. I turn it off afterwards. And I don't usually watch news anymore either because coming from, the, from a communications PR uh, background, knowing how media works, they're not giving you the full picture of here's what's actually realistically going on in the world. They're giving you the news of here's something shocking that happened. Pay attention. And usually the fear-based things capture our attention more because it's, oh, this could be a threat. I need to pay attention. Um, so we're getting served with a lot more negative and threat threatening news than what's in reality happening in our society, in our community. Um, so you got to remember that and you got to filter that and you got to, I see it as you're, you're letting trash in the house. The more trash you let in, the more you have to clean out. So, you know, do I want to start my day with cleaning up the trash I already have in here? Or do I want to bring in more and then build more of an effort to clean it up? So I make sure that I'm clear about that distinction of I'm staying informed is this information like the restriction change? No? Okay, that's all I need to know. I'm ready to go on with my day now, switch it up. I choose then the music that I want in my space. I choose whatever content I want to watch. I choose what comes into my space, my mind, my body, my consciousness. And I, I feel that that's the biggest and only obligation that I have to myself and to the world. If nothing else, just that being you know conscious of, of, of what I'm doing to myself um, so yeah limiting the things that are you know bringing more of the trash in and increasing those things that you do that bring in more of the good stuff and the more you do that the more you're tuning into energy the more you're cultivating a different way of being and the less you're then um, kind of thrown uh, up, you know against the flow of whatever's happening you know like this the situation now with the pandemic is it throwing you and thrusting you around or do you are you still grounded and anchored in yourself you feel the motion of the wave but it's not taking you off to wherever it, or it needs to um and that's how i see it Artemis, this is all language that i love it's such wonderful sharing so um such crucial um elements and tools that you're giving all of us and, and particularly our listeners because it's so important and it's something um I, I was sharing with Kat just yesterday 
and, and I've been calling it a, like a spiritual detox, like cleaning the house. It's like a spiritual detox, right? Like literally sweeping what no longer serves you. And it is so crucial just to be aware and, and, and everything you shared, I'm not even going to reiterate what you've shared because you have just touched on every element so eloquently. Um, but what I do want to go to in, is that what I'm feeling from this is that we really engage in that heart space. Okay. And when we engage that heart space and love for ourselves, love for our others, um, lessening the fear or removing that fear, we're allowing that heart to magnify. And in that loving energy, um, that is then attracting more. How important then is forgiveness? Ooh, forgiveness is, is very, very, very important. Um, you talked about the heart space. Uh, talk about opening the heart space. Uh, a way to really just crank it open and jumpstart that is through forgiveness. Um, and look, uh, we have this um, distorted view of what forgiveness is. Um, I had it as well that if I'm forgiving someone, I'm letting them off the hook and what they did wasn't right. So no way I'm going to do that. Um, but then when you realize that forgiveness is not about the other person, it's, it's about uh, I, I can't remember who said it, but uh, I, it stuck with me that forgiveness, it's about accepting the situation that you cannot change the situation in the past. Forgiveness is that accepting that you cannot change the situation that happened in the past. That's what it is. So what I'm doing is I'm forgiving myself for not, you know, um, acting or reacting differently in that moment. Uh, forgiving myself for letting that person do more harm to me than I should have. Um, forgiving the other person, understanding that, you know what, they're human, they, they were doing the best that they could, they were fulfilling some need that they had deeply inside of them that's not being fulfilled, and they're doing it in a destructive way. And that's their journey, and that's okay. It's not up to me to change them, to judgment, to judge them. Uh, it's up to me to move on from it and not hold them there, you know, because then I'm still holding myself there with them and I'm not letting myself go and I'm not letting that energy go that needs to be released and freed up and free up that heart space to let more of that light in. <laughs> And, and move on and, and be able to move to the space where you can appreciate the learnings from that experience. Because uh, I'm a true believer that every single thing that happens in our lives that comes across our path, it is here to teach us something. I, it really helped me when I started shifting my mentality as well my, um, with the anxiety and the depression instead of thinking, you know, oh, is this happening to me? And how do I get rid of it? Like, get out, get rid of it. I stopped and thought, okay, what are you here to teach me? What are you trying to teach me? What are you here to teach me? And that completely shifted the way that I was viewing what was happening to me. Or as Oprah put it, instead of asking, why is this happening to me? Ask, why is this happening for me? And that shifts you into space of, you know, you're looking for the lesson, you're looking for the teaching. Um, you're seeing that it's here as an opportunity to teach me something. Um, and some of the biggest teachers are our biggest, most um, traumatic moments. Um, one message that came um, one time to me uh, and it stuck with me is that love is the guide, fear is the teacher. So while love guides us, and that should be uh, what we're holding as our intention and the way that the space that we want to act from. Fear is a huge teacher. It's the most fearful moments or the, the situations that we've created uh, that came out of a very fear-based uh, part of us. Those are the biggest teaching moments. Uh, and when we're feeling that big fear or resistance to something, it's about asking, what is it that's afraid to die? Which part of me is afraid of this and why? And really kind of, you know, digging in and understanding 
you're able to have that that teaching moment from that fear on that level before it has to fully manifest into a full-blown you know physical situation which you then have to go through you know the the breaking the healing the forgiving those moments are very important as well the key is to learn from them things don't have to get to that extent for us to learn we can learn from the more discreet the, the smaller things that are happening um and and forgiveness plays a big role into that as well because it's all about forgiving yourself and the parts of you that are afraid uh forgiving you know even if you logically know what's holding you back but you still can move forward forgiving yourself for taking longer forgiving you know um yourself for not not being fully there uh and, and being okay with it um so yeah it's 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 very important to forgive and to remember that it's not about letting somebody off the hook it doesn't matter it doesn't change the past you're, you're just not letting those things uh dictating your behaviors and your decisions moving forward and then you taking it out on other people um because another great thing that i try to remember from i think uh richard richard Rawl, he said pain that is not transformed is transmitted and that's what happens when we don't forgive right we're holding on to the pain and when we're in pain i've been hurt the world owes me i'm gonna spew that pain and i'm i'm justified and i'm right to do it and that's the space that we're in and it's it's easy to stay in that space but it's not doing us any good so when we transform and we forgive and we we shift that pain then we're not transmitting anymore it's not there to be passed on um and with that in mind is I try to be mindful about other people being in that space. We all go through very difficult times. We have no idea the things that happen in someone's life to get them to a space that they're showing cruelty and callousness. It's them hurting 10 times more than the pain that they're transmitting. So while I won't enable those behaviors that are harmful because they're not helping them, they're not serving them, and being you know clear like you know what nope that's not a behavior that that's okay here's how uh, i want us to interact if you can't respect that i'm walking away until we figure out how we work together so setting those boundaries is important but doing that from a space of being very understanding that this person is in pain it's just their pain screaming um and yeah just remembering that happy people don't hurt other people it's just that they're not happy and they're not uh well so it's about how do i treat them with kindness and compassion and love that i would have loved to receive when i was in my you know lowest periods where i was spewing that pain uh and just you know <laughs> unconsciously dumping it on other people uh and making sure that um i'm using those qualities and look, we all have triggers. There's times that you can, you know, somebody tells you something, you're triggered, you're gonna, you're gonna fight back, you're gonna spear them back. And that you have to be okay with that as well. When you walk away, you just have to look at that experience and think like, oh, okay, that really triggered me. Why? What's there? Um, why did I react that way? How could I've done how could I have done it differently? how can i express myself differently from a place of love next time i'm faced with a similar situation so i dress rehearse those those um conversations and i'm checking in to see what i've learned and what i can do differently and what it taught me about myself what's my triggers and what's those feelings that it generated because as much as someone is trying to make us feel or do something it's our own feelings so we can either uh, accept their offer and take it or we can say no and uh you know and decide how we want to feel so we had have certain feelings it's not that person that made me feel that way it's that feeling within me so what's there what's the root there that that person managed to pull up that brought up that feeling by their action um, so that's taking responsibility and accountability for ourselves and that over time means that people have less um, effect over you 
um, and you can be yourself and grounded in yourself as much as possible. Artemis. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I knew when we, when we wanted to get you on that you would blow our minds. And uh, I just, every, every single thing that you're saying is enlivening my body. And I'm like, oh my God, I could listen to you all day. Like, <laughs> and I just really want to say thank you. There is so much gratitude to you for how honest you have spoken, for how raw, for the place of sharing who you are and what you have transpired, what you have created. I am so grateful that you are on this planet. <laughs> really. And I mean, it couldn't come at a more important time. Like what you're sharing today will speak volumes to so many people because so many people will be in a situation where they will have things come up that's out of their control. And it is forgiveness it is self-love it is you have touched on so many rich topics and i just want to say thank you so much thank you in return i'm i'm humbled by your words thank you honestly i appreciate it and artemis i want to i want to say the same um i feel that this hour spent with you has just been filled with such pearls of wisdom and I'm sitting here just thinking there is so much that you spoke to us about as if you read our mind on some of the topics that we wanted to talk to you about. And you've just beautifully articulated um, so many elements to how we can create change within ourselves. So our beautiful friend, um, your name artemis now includes the wise warrior woman <laughs> i now call you that <laughs> because there is so much beauty so much wisdom so much kindness with what you shared so much bravery with just even sharing um, some of your own path. And we haven't even touched on the sustainability aspect and we'll bring you in if it's okay, we will invite you in another time to also come back and speak more. But this was so powerful. And um, I know that all of our viewers will get so much from this as well. So thank you so much for your time. So greatly appreciated for your wisdom, your kindness, and just this beautiful light that you are emitting. There is such energy that you emit that we can see on our screens and we can feel through your voice through that soul voice so thank you for sharing uh, thank you uh, thank you for your beautiful words and thank you both of you for for creating this space uh, and look you spoke about light I've, I've gone through a lot of darkness so that teaches you a lot about appreciating light uh, and when you have it you just want to share it because it amplifies it it multiplies it and I'm just grateful that I, I'm, I'm now in a space that I, I have enough light that I can share and I can share my, my own experiences and learnings, you know. You talked about courage as well. It's not about the absence of fear. It's about doing things even though you're afraid, doing them anyway. I really hope that um, there's a, a benefit for people, something clicks and uh, helps them down their own journey and path. And yeah, more than happy to speak with both of you anytime for hours. This hour flew by, so more than happy to talk other topics with you whenever you want. Oh, absolutely. And just for our viewers, I mean, we've got so engaged and engorged in this conversation. Um, and obviously we are in a period at the moment where most of us cannot be face-to-face. -face. Um, but after we come out of lockdown, if we wanted to connect with you for more um, of some healing work with the work that you're doing, I think you're just such a beacon of light and, uh, and thank you for sharing such a positive way today. It's so needed and we, and we thank you and we love you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I love you too. And, and thank you for the love that you're sending out to the world when it needs it the most. Uh, and yeah, even though we can do face-to-face, -face, I'm getting more and more requests uh, for kind of vote, uh, phone or video 
kind of support type of uh, sessions as well. So I'm very open to where the needs are. Um, so um, yeah, you know, my purpose is to help. Um, it's not about the transaction. It's not about the way, the means. And I am at my happiest when I'm doing this. So, um, you know, I don't want people to, you know, if money is the only thing that's keeping them away, forget about it. You don't have to worry about it. Giving and receiving is more than uh, the physical money that we exchange. And whenever you give, you always receive. Um, so I'm more than happy to any listeners that, you know, are having a difficult time or want to have a chat or a session. I'm here. Oh, wow. Thank you. My, my friend, my gorgeous friend, you are beautiful. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sunrise, sunrise, looks like morning.